0: Hello, welcome to the podcast series, Conversations in Time, where longtime residents of St. Andrews share their histories with us. This episode, Teason interviews Ken and Shirley Dawson. The two have been married for many years and have lived on the same property the entire time. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Without further ado, here are Ken and Shirley Dawson. Uh, Thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview with us. So, uh, first of all, uh, what's your name, and uh, what year were you born?
1: I go under Kenneth B. Dawson. I was born in 1938, July 10th. And where were you born? I think it was in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg? Yeah.
0: So did you grow up in this area?
1: This property is the old home place, from here right up to the highway.
0: How long have you lived here, then, your entire life?
1: I would imagine within a week or two after I was born, I was down here, and well, not run around, but they carried me in. The property was in Mum and Dad's, and they purchased it in around 33 or 34. He came from Princeton Island. Oh, yeah. And then he met part of the Gessner family. Mum over at the Hutterite Colony is now off 67, and uh, Blackdale Road. And my mother folks from Scotland into Ontario, and then they ended up going into North Dakota. Then they moved up here until they couldn't work no more. Then they ended up buying an old house in town and lived, you know, simple life.
0: So what was it like going up here?
1: Well, you know, the only place that we had was the old home place. It was a halfway between here and the highway on this of property. Even when we were kids, my brother Bob and I used to go up and mount cars and try to figure out what made it were. Oh, and yeah. That was the past time.
0: How many siblings?
1: Three. Yeah, a girl, a boy, and a girl. Tannis, Kelsey, and Lori. Do
2: they also live in the area?
1: Uh, Tannis lives on St. Andrews Road. Lori lives on number nine, just four And Kelsey was in Vancouver.
2: He'd been in China, Hong Kong, and that, but just two years ago he moved back over. Oh, really? So they said you would count ours. You guys were do recreation in the area?
1: No. Front of the cow, take the material away from the back end. One was a and one was with the pork.
0: And that was kind of your job? Like, your responsibilities?
1: And you know, today they say kids are saying they're bored. Well, we didn't know what being bored was. We thought we had a good life. I mentioned the Gessners. Well, Willard Gessner was year, year and a half older than me. All the only way I had, I would start right across the field, through the bush. And I had the right angle. it end up at his back door. He was just off this road on number nine highway.
0: You know it so well? Oh, yes. Yeah. Where'd you guys go to school?
1: Not in this school, but in the same piece of property in Andrew's school. I went uh, in the front door and out to back, but didn't stop in too many rooms. I only got in grade eights. Um, So what did you do after that? Stayed on the farm till I was 25 years old. That's when I got married. we have been married
0: 57 years. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And then what would you be doing on the farm generally in those
1: days? Like I say, we had cattle, pigs, chickens, turkeys, and... A little bit of
2: farming. Yeah, a
1: little bit of farming. They
2: didn't own too much property.
1: We only had back then about maybe... We wouldn't have 100 acres, but we grew enough to feed the cattle. We sold a few bushels.
2: So how did
0: you guys meet?
1: went to school together and she was working at scanners, and I was sitting outside looking and she got her shift was done and her and another girl was walking out and I see girls wanted to ride home and after that was a long road but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you worked just getting Skinner's, just as a summer job? Just in the
2: summer, yeah.
1: Till she went to?
2: After, because the school went after grade 11. So, I went there to school. Then, I went in the city to uh, it was called MIT, then, Mantua Institute of Technology. Okay, yeah. Now it's Red River. And when I got out, I worked, got a job at the Royal Bank, stayed there till 1969. And I quit to raise a family. I wasn't going to send my kids out anyplace. I was going to raise, but I stayed home and raised.
0: And then, uh, what did you do after? Did you continue working on the farm?
1: No, by the time I was got married, I was I was going from one auto wreck and the other in a mechanical line. Then I got to dream that after many years of eastern sales, I worked for uh, started out an Allied Auto and they're still there on Watney and. Uh, I worked there for two, three years. And then I went to Dave's Auto. Well, I got married when I was there. And then I left Dave's, worked for Standard Spring. And I was learning automatic transmissions prior to that. So I went in there as my brother and I both were in there as doing automatic. But they didn't have the basic touches with the community to get good going. So there wasn't enough room for us. So then I went back to Standard in the Spring shop. Then I went back to Dave's again. And then back to Allied Auto again. Then when I was at Dave's, I kept saying, I'm going to go and write my mechanics course to see if I could get a ticket. And this one guy, I remember, he was an older guy, said, you can bring it here, and, well, I better watch out. Oh. He said you can hang it on the toilet wall for toilet paper. <laughs> so anyways, went to MIT in the evenings. I wanted to know what they taught, and who knows what you can pick up. I wrote my exam, and got surprised me what I got. I think it was 86 marks that I got, so.
2: It in order to get on in the city. You needed your paper. Okay.
1: Well, that's what I was heading for. I was trying to get to. And I knew you had to have your papers to work at the city. So in 1969, October 14, I started my first day at the Winnipeg. Oh, okay.
0: good. So all those other places were in Selkirk?
1: No, uh, Dave's Auto was in Winnipeg, right in the corner of Logan Princess. And uh, Standard Spring was on the Princess Higgins and what's on this King. And anyways, that's where Standard was. Then Standard rented a piece of property over by the old Royal Alec, was still standing there. We worked there for a bit of spell and then uh, back to Dave's and back to Alley. And, uh, well, the one thing, I never burned bridges behind me. You know, when I got the job at the city, Morris Gilman, the chief of Alley Auto, called me and silence. You know, they don't work very hard at the city anyway. You could be here by 4 4.30 and work for us. And I said, you oh, know, Morris, that's, I appreciate that, but I'm not going to do that. But I always stayed in good with it.
0: And did you graduate in 1969 as well? Oh, How I just went.
1: Old? I just took 10-week course just to get a feel out of it. Ah, I see. You know, that's all That's all the training I took in my life. That's the rest so. was all the experience.
0: You wrote the exam and got your seconds. Yeah, it.
1: I just challenged the exam and that was it. But I went two nights a week or something just for, I think it was eight weeks or something. So
0: then what made you go into that profession in Mechanic?
1: My brother Bob never wrote a ticket and never got a ticket, but he eventually got to run Parkdale service. Here. He was backyard, so was I. I used to turn out a lot of automatics in a week. Oh yeah. And that's what I always said to mother here. You know, when we have kids, we don't want the kids coming home to a locked door or running around the neighborhood. So I did transmissions. And
0: then what happened to
1: the farm? The farm dad owned and I think all I did was pay a thank you to the family for putting me up. I bought this acre off the farm, two acres here off the farm. And she was over on St. Andrews Road at 147. And when her folks got older, they spoke to us one day if we wanted, would like to buy that property. And so they said, set us up with a deal. We couldn't have down. We'll sell it to you for that and that much money. You'll pay us. We want a life lease on it. As long as we're living, we'll stay here. We'll look after the taxes. That'll be our rent. My mother-in-law and father-in-law treated me like a dream. That's really good. Yeah, and especially me. I was made up of every, every kind of nationality going, and they were Germany. And uh, he was a little bit edgy what he was getting when, when I was coming along. Afterwards, they helped us even with a couple of dollars. When I, he said to me, we're getting married. He said, what do you intend on doing? What's that? We'll, go to, we'll go to Winnipeg, and we'll rent a very reasonable spot. And I had a place lined up already. And uh, he said, yeah, how much money do you think you could save? I said, back then, I said, I bet you if we keep our nose to the grindstone, we'd be able to put up $3,000 are better and he says yeah how much do you think the cost of the house will go up every year he said i'll bet you it'll eat your three thousand dollars that's the kind of knowledge and he had what they say three days, three days of school you know what he was talking about <laughs> i went back afterwards and i said boy thank you thank you thank you and he gave us some good advice so how many children did you guys end up having three that we had yes the uh, she had five girls and we had five boys and so oh we
2: had three children
1: Oh, yeah, and we years. had three children, but in her family was five girls. In my family, five boys.
0: Oh, okay, um, but you guys had three children, yeah. and are they all still around in this area, or did they move away? No, yeah. Kelsey's
1: was in Hong Kong. Oh, right. And then he, he, uh, that's right, yeah, back to yeah. Vancouver. The
2: one down in St. Andrews Road there yeah. just passed where I was born and raised, and the other one is just this side of Lockport. Did you ever kind of
0: wish that they would have grown up on the farm like you had, or no?
1: If we'd had more acres. After I retired from the city, I went back into farming, never owned any land, just rented. And when people would come out and they buy a piece of property on spec, and when the weeds came up and the weed inspector told them to get them cut, I could I could farm very reasonable.
0: Good. So then, like you said, you moved back. Like, you always lived here, even always when you worked lived in the here. city. Yeah. Uh, and then you came back and farmed on in this area or up by 67?
1: McLennan Road right here. Mm-hmm. That whole piece that's there now, yeah. I just quit farming that only a few years ago. Oh, really? Then we still did the next piece to us here. i
2: still be farming, but I had a stroke and he has to help me. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, then this was only a few acres for that we had grain in here. We did the Coklesa place next door. There was 38 acres in there. And over across the highway, I had uh, close to 50 acres rented. And the furthest we went was to the Selkirk Bypass. Mrs. Lupel had 50 acres in there. And we got pieces all, all over the place.
0: So then you would just take care of the land yourself and just just yourself, or did you have anybody else? My
1: brother helped me a lot. Okay. He was a city wing, Winnipeg policeman, and he was strong as a bull. I uh, helped me lots.
0: What did you guys mostly grow?
1: Started out with uh, wheat, oats, and barley, some flax. Then I started into beans and canola.
2: Okay. Well, we also had cattle over on the St. Andrews Road property. Okay. Yeah. So then he had to make hay for the cattle. Right.
1: We had as high as, we had cow-calf, and sometimes we got up over 60.
0: So then, like you said, your brother helped you a lot. Did your uh, children growing up here, when you had the farm, or only when you were working in the city?
1: No, my kids all went to school
2: here at San Andreas, then Lockport, and then Selk. And helped you on the farms? Well, they were too young for that. Oh okay. yeah. By the time they did, old enough to help, he was out of farming.
1: And my boy was a book person. Plus he wasn't so trained
2: as a school teacher, yeah. so he went teaching over in Mainland China. He
1: was there over twenty years. Married a little Chinese girl. She's a sweetheart.
2: Are you
0: still in touch with a lot of your uh, brothers and sisters that own? They still own the properties out there.
1: Yeah, we got one. You have not got too many brothers left. Right. Bob passed away. Jay passed away, which leaves Ron, myself, and Bill the youngest one. He's in down in Florida. Florida. Is.
0: Um, So then they sold their properties, obviously, and moved away. Do you think that there is anything else that you would have done if you didn't grow up farming?
1: Yeah there were, I can I almost be positive that we would have been part of an undertaker business because Gilbart Funeral Home Mr Gilbart started it back in Mr Gilbart started it in 30 in the early 30s had a heart attack in uh, 44 1944 my aunt was married to Bill Langrell and he was working at funeral homes and that and he took over Gilbart's from 44 to 54 had a heart attack and died same as Gilbart and in their agreement when they bought it that if anything if it ever come up for sale that they would touch bases with each other and see if they could make a deal gilbert bought it back again because roy was only 19 or 18 or 19 years old roy gilbert and mama gilbert and him took it back and of course you know they've got it today like different ones that went in but uh, uncle bill was Bill line he was pushing we were just a little too young and he died in 54 so Yes, we've, I'm sure, if I hadn't have been in it, uh, I'm sure Ron, uh, my brother, uh, Bob, I mean, because he was the oldest. But otherwise, no, I loved the farm, but there wasn't a lot of greenbacks in it, and you had to, a lot of waiting to get, and good luck. Right, and
2: then a few bad years with yeah. heavy rains, and you couldn't get your crop off, so yeah. then you lose money. You know, you lose so much money, you got to give up. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: stressful at times, I'm sure. But were there any, you know, highlights or things that you are most memorable, most memorable from growing up?
1: Well, the only thing we had was on Mum's side, uh, a lot of cousins came over. And you know, when you turn a city kid loose on the farm, you got a horrible situation. (laughs) There was broken windows and there was anything. So when they came, we were just sort of, there was a lot of good things too. Like Uncle Bill treated us like like we were his kids. He looked after us. Dad was a natural-born blacksmith, worked as a blacksmith at the steam plant, and then went to Thompson to the nickel plant up at Thompson. Dad was a shot in the arm to the farm because he was making good bucks. Yeah, there was there was times and then he was dad was born in nineteen hundred, so that was what year was it when he, he was still wanting to buy a, a bigger farm in Lebel and uh, I guess a few people thought he shouldn't, but that was back in sixty six, was it? maybe 66 years old but boy was he he was 135 pounds that was something to watch him he he went and bought a, a 200 and some odd pound anvil put it in the back of this little valiant he had brought it home and Ron here was husky, way huskier than I was he said well dad I'll give you I'll give you a hand he said he went and looped his arms like the anvil's long like this yeah, yeah. arms underneath and picked it up 100. he was 135 pounds and, as much as I weigh mean. yeah <laughs> that sounds pretty tough yeah and but he was I, when I was a kid I'd go on his arms here, you know and you got these blood vessels here yeah, yeah. and they were standing this high it was nothing but muscle he was not a fat individual a hard worker he put lots into the farm you know there's an old saying you can take a kid from the you can take a boy from the farm but you can't take the farm from the boy it was fun i was only small operation i took over from tony pardoski tony pardoski was running about 600 acres 600 650 but you know it was all going into See, he was doing the same thing that I was doing. Okay, yeah, only I was on you know, a smaller scale. Yeah. Then when he retired, I took it over. I didn't go out looking for more. Right. So I was running about 450, 500 cultivated and 300 acres of hayland to feed the animals. Eh?
0: What was that? What year did you go back to farming? Ninety-one. What made you transition back from going being a mechanic to a farmer?
1: Well, I we went up to Fairford Fishing, took this youngest girl, Laurie, was with me, and the boy. Mama didn't feel like going that time. We just had a truck and camper at that time. So I went up there in this old peaceful boat, which is what it was. When we were there, there was a little grocery chip stand on the side of the road. We used to walk over there. And walking over there, he was, there was a mare with a colt. And this kid, dad, she says, I'd sure love to have a horse. And all the way home, that's all I heard. So we went to help me, mother. Too long? Too long.
2: And they four. were selling colts.
1: Well, four fourteen there was an auction sale there. We bought three of them, two of them, two of them. Two. Two. And she pointed out this one that had a goldish tail on it with a red hair down the side of it. She said, boy, that's I yeah, love." buys two colts,
2: nothing to hobble them in.
1: So then I came home, and the guy that I, he used to do all the hydraulic fittings, at the city. And what is a, in Ross, the area. what does an auctioneer call his? Yeah. Gavel. Gavel was his last name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I went there and he says, Sure, you can. I asked him if I could loan a trailer. Yeah, sure, you can. You got a wire hook up on it and all that? I says, Brakes? I got an But <laughs> He says, Just park your vehicle here and take the whole works. It all hooks together. Go and pick your horse. But he was a real horse person. We had a lot of good friends. And
2: yeah, all along the way, friends yeah. helped us out a lot. That's yeah. very good.
0: Um, so then when you go back into farming, uh, you said you just kind of gave it up a couple of years ago?
1: it will be 2011 or 12. Okay, so there's 11. 20 years in your... Yeah, 11. I had a small heart attack. So they took me in, and I said they went in here, made a hole up, put a rotor rooter in, and put a culvert in. And nine days later, I was out chopping grain for my horses. I mean, my cows.
0: Yeah. Sounds like you got your father's genes. Yeah.
1: You know, there was, like anything, there was good times and bad times. There was bad times for her when I lost an animal, you know. But our neighbor who lived here and moved to Basswood, his wife said, when you have livestock, you will have dead stock. I thought that was pretty good because it was sure of the truth. Yeah, You
2: i cow calf, and you lose a calf.
1: The last round we had, uh, one of the last cows' cabin, give me three calves. The first one, uh, she was having trouble, and I there was an old oak tree out in the far northwest corner of the pasture, and I always carried a rope with me and chains and stuff like that. She was humped up. I said, she's calving. So I grabbed my chains and my rope and it went out threw a rope on her and tied her to the tree so she couldn't get away on me and keep running around and I pulled that cap so I was having trouble and uh, I said oh that's good never thought anything of it so my brother's son-in-law was married to Tannis the oldest one he had come and I guess I had phoned somebody they were so I said okay I'm going to get the loader because uh, then I put some straw in the bucket and I the bucket back and I tie the cap take him back in and he just slowly go back and the cop all this. everything's good well I got back out and I could see he was restless. his hands
2: were flying around and he
1: says there's another one with the feet sticking out okay well that one i'd never had anything over twins i had several twins
2: yeah he learned he so, was on the farm the cow a cow, but he never learned about calving as much as the he had had our own he did a lot more rather than call the vet
1: well call the vet was 100 bucks plus right he and, says i
2: can kill a cow
1: and, you know, or a calf is a,
2: as well as the vet can
1: and even my brother here i would go and put those big gloves on and go in and turn them <laughs> if i had to well, I was paying 100 bucks to, just to bring the vet to the door, and then whatever he did was over and above, and sometimes the calf didn't live. Well, I got pretty good at it. But with a vet, you got to wait till he gets time to come. You phone and say, yeah, my cow's in trouble. By the time he gets there, it's a long overdue. And, and his
2: philosophy was, when she breaks her water an hour after, that calf has to be out. Yeah. Uh, you're phoning a vet, he doesn't get there. So he did it himself.
1: So I learned lots sitting watching them. And
2: Ladjimodi here was
1: one of our vets. Oh, yeah. Lajimodi, it's now provincial. Well,
2: Linda Smith, you called him for the first call.
1: Yeah. Ladjimodi had where I could drop the off, and come up, and
2: like is family.
0: Him himself. him himself oh yeah he
1: was the vet i think he had a car accident or something and after that he sort of transitioned over yeah
0: then uh, uh, after you he said in 2011 you kind of stopped farming
1: yeah i had the cows what a year or two after and then, just and, just then and then she had the stroke and then, in
0: 2013 and then that's when he quit so did you sell the property it was no,
1: all uh, rented. Property. All, right. all rented property except out there on one four seven Senandus Road. And uh, there's only two old houses really on or two three uh, on Senandus Road. And uh, ours is on the north side. And we had a lot of bush around there so anyways we were going how we got into the cattle we were going for rides you know back then kids were could handle themselves already
2: but also horses could only have fries, hay with no no
1: dust no dust
2: or nothing so then you got all this extra hay laying around I said might as well buy a couple cows and feed them." the hay so then we no you saw they were selling cows I
1: I saw it in in the journal so we
2: went up there and I picked out five cows that I wanted the rule was he had to breed them and then drop them off in our yard so then And when he came to drop them in the yard, he brought how many cows?
1: Two cows and a bull. He said, I'm going to leave you the bull because her pet cow was open, he said. He wasn't watching all the time. He said, and he left two more in case if they breed artificial. This so, this guy that Professor Branch, I like the ad he put. He said, Put his name and his wife's name, and we
2: welcome you in.
1: He was running purebred semitols. Semitol. So we went up there looking around, and she spots this cross like it was purebred, but there red with
2: white faces, yeah.
1: yeah, and all the rest were yellowy. So she wanted that one. We got that one, and that's the one he thought was open. So afterwards, he said, Well, he phoned me up and he said, Which cows are you keeping? You you want five, you've got seven, and you got a bull there. I'll be picking the bull up and the, the two that you don't want mm-hmm. so I said well I don't think you're going to waste your time up here the bull is good and the other two cows are good he said ho 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 he said I got more money into those other cows those are
2: purebred no, well,
1: they're all purebred they're but, all ai yeah they were from ai so and that can run two, three, four hundred, five hundred dollars extra. It depends on what bull you're using.
2: So he said you want more money for those cows? No problem. <laughs> and, says, the, and the bull, we had an old barn there. Yet he was in the part of the barn. I used to go in there and talk to him. I could bet him already. But
1: you couldn't keep him in a fence. I had six-foot chain-link fence, and he would come up to that fence. You know, you couldn't have him breeding the cows any old time because you, they'd be inside in winter time. You didn't. You sort of shied away from winter calving. We. Started started with winter calving and we got out of it very quickly and we were then we were running April, May calving and fall calving. If one didn't breed then we would let her breed. We'd keep her with the bull till it was fit our fall calving. We didn't want him in July. We didn't want him too much in August. lies were so bad and then it worked out good for sale. When they got older it would work out good that way. Anyway went up give him another check. And he said you know I really wanted those two too good cows and you know they were not the his special cows weren't as good as the five we bought Mm. and i think getting too purebred is not good you need a little bit of outside stuff in there then we went and the samatals we were pulling calves like we had to be up in that cow was cabin we had to be there and somebody said to me why don't you try a red angus bull or a black angus bull and they have smaller calves Oh, it was. And you know another thing? The Simon were always having a lot of time at night, and these black Angus and red Angus, red Angus. would have six o'clock in the morning till midnight.
0: Uh, so, I'll just ask you probably one more question, but um, how have you seen St. Andrews kind of grow and develop uh, since you've been here for quite a while? You know, is there anything significant that, uh, wow, that's like a great development for the community, or something that you thought shouldn't have been?
2: Well, developed? I can tell you. <laughs> it was much better when we were back growing up. Yeah? Oh, yeah. You didn't have to worry about anybody running over your fields. You could leave the keys in your car.
1: Yeah. We bought a vehicle. The keys went in. They handed it to us when we took it home, and we never took them off.
2: And then they didn't have parents, I guess, had more money now, like less money. Mm-hmm. More now, yeah. so they buy their kid a quad or some dirt bike and say, "Here, go!" Yeah. They run all over your haylands and fields. They don't care.
1: Yeah, we had a quite a few stacks of hay burnt really. Which that
2: because the parents are yeah. working, paying for their big house, yeah. and the kids have a free for all. So it was much better back then in Edward.
1: A lot of times, I said, "Boy, I think sometimes I was born too soon." But uh, you'll never hear me saying that today. Is there anything
0: positive that uh, you've seen develop in the area over the years? Like uh, community centers
1: or. that community center is good. Well, c-
0: community center
2: is
1: better. I even sat on the, on the makings of that thing. Oh, really? And they had little get togethers. I did.
2: We, we had we had to go around canvassing door to door for a little bit of money to put the boards for the side of your rink. Oh, yeah? yeah. They took your taxes, but they never gave you any money back. To put well, in the community.
1: You know, that's one thing. Developments brought a lot more money in, but I put a lot more money on. And they, well, what we were doing was we got all our schooling right here up to grade 11. I didn't I didn't get that far. But then when our kids started going there, then, of course, they could, then the Lockport School came up and Selkirk, the comp, came up. And there's a lot better education right closely. And they, and...
2: Like at the comp, you can take any course you want to take there. Yeah, yeah lots of variety there.
1: But uh, hey, there was growing pains. There was a lot of good things, and along came a lot of bad things. But when you pump all these groups, see, kids were coming from Pine Falls to school, Bozier to school, and who knows where else? Well, you know, there's, there's always a couple little Johnnies amongst amongst them. Like we
2: say, you got one kid, you got a good kid. You got yeah. two kids, well, not bad. You got three kids, look out. When they get but now together, you got right? the whole school. Yeah, look
1: out. But there's still, the reason why is the naughty boys stand out front and that's all you see. But behind that is some real good kids. You can just see them.
2: Well, we had good neighbors, really good neighbors growing up. Well,
1: we... I'm not saying their
2: whole community's bad, like there's lots of good ones, for sure.
1: Yeah, but here, when we built here, the old Scott House was still being rented out. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, and
2: then it was our house and there was nothing to we at the corner.
1: Skapdisons on the corner. That's there was it. nobody that...
2: here and it was all yeah. open.
1: But that other place on the on the over the river banks was eleven acres in there. What do they call that thing, Mother? Whatever anyway. Stewart Walter Stewart had it when I was a pup. That
2: Terror house, down. That... Terror House. Oh yes.
1: And then uh, the guy that had the milk dairy in Winnipeg. Spears. Spears. He had it for years. And he
2: died, and then yeah. his sons sold it. Yeah. Now it's a construction company that owns it. But so you I've obviously seen
0: a lot of oh, yeah. positive and negative gravel. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing, right here, you couldn't, on rainy weather, you couldn't drive down this road. It is gravel, right? It was a little bit of gravel. A lot of and muck. And
2: they put this gravel <laughs> that goes like like late or whatever yeah. and that got on your car you couldn't even get it off so and plus the dust in the summertime
1: what was it 68 they paved it or 96 96 96 96 97 98 it was finished and now it's a racetrack. yeah really yeah. Well, once a-
2: they didn't let the kids go down portage avenue
1: wanted them to respect the laws, and i phoned the rcmp a few times and they say well you know we only got three cars and uh and we got a patrol from Parkdale or wherever it was to Grand Beach. That's, I said, that's not my problem. That's your problem or mine.
2: Yeah, all they need is the cop to give a few healthy tickets. Well, yeah. oh, Then they would stop that race. Because they've got a walking path. But boy, you got to look out in that walking path the way they travel so fast.
1: Yeah. All in all, like I say, there were some good things and a few bad ones. Yeah, well, it sounds like you
0: guys have uh, given us some great stories. Uh, so uh, yours as well, I guess, if you're interested. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for both doing the interview with us.